0: While the dragon's sleep became disturbed, the holy tree of Adarath was plunged into despair. What will you do to save us upon your arrival to Yggdrasil? This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I speak to two of my amazing friends, Noble Grim and Trevor from SDG Interactive Publishers, to talk about the huge Veil of the Void expansion, Yggdrasil. Explore a Norse mythological inspired land as new character options. Interact with legendary stories and check out the new crafting system right now on Schedule for Launch. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I am very, very excited to be having a weird episode because it's not going to be as structured... (laughs) I'm joined by two good friends of mine, Noble Trevor of SDG Creatives. Oh, my gosh. Did I fuck up the name already?
1: Uh, it's all right. It's SDG oh my Interactive God. Publishers. Yeah. SDG Creatives, the website. Doesn't really matter. Don't worry. There
0: it is. <laughs> Trevor's back from Veil of the Void. Noble's joining us for the first time. Hey, you two. It's good to be talking to you again in the first time in like, Two days?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been a whopping like three days since we spoke last. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, 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 Tuesday was three days ago.
0: It's Friday. (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's good to be back. (laughs) Folks who have been
0: with Schedule for Launch for a while may know Trevor from the second episode where we talked about Veil of the Void. That was over two years ago. But if you followed me over to Tale of the Void, which is our Tuesday stream, Noble and Trevor are both there. Noble's a player with myself, and Trevor runs a game. It's coming to a conclusion soon, too. It is. and it is. Man, It's been a while.
1: It's been fun. It's been lots of <laughs> been
0: fun. fun. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you both so much for joining me. I'm going to be honest. Like I said, audience, it's going to be a little bit more. This might be a little bit more goofy. <laughs> I'm going to be totally up there. It might be a little bit more silly, but we're, just, we're going to be talking about one of the things that Noble led, and that is Fill the Void's first major expansion, Yggdrasil. I'm I'm pumped to talk about Yggdrasil so much. Same. Love it. Before we get into it, though, Trevor and Noble, can you two tell the audience a little bit about yourselves and what what you do with with Veil vale of the Void.
2: Yeah. You want to go first, Noble, or should I? Um, you can go first.
1: All right. Well, uh, as Zach said there, uh, my name's Trevor. I'm the author and creator for Veil of the Void, uh, Villa of the Void Reforged, as well as the co-author for, uh, our Yggdrasil expansion. I do a lot with this game, <laughs> uh, outside of, you know, writing the, you know, Majority of the first match, designing everything in the first game, uh, book, Uh, you know, distribution, everything, (laughs) basically everything in the background, as well as the (laughs) foreground. (laughs) I do a lot.
3: You should make a list one of these days, like make your job description. Yeah,
1: I, I, uh, you know, that might make me feel really overwhelmed, though. I'll be like, I do all of this.
3: Either that'll make you yeah, be pumped, hard. like I do all this.
1: <laughs> that's fair. You know what? It actually might be a positive thing.
3: <laughs> make the rest of us feel bad. Oh, <laughs>
1: that's not my—that's not my intention. <laughs> I won't write the list. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, how about you tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
3: <laughs> um, I. I don't actually know how I ended up here most days. Um, I started playing the Vale of the Void game um, kind of on accident, it feels like now. I feel that. Um, I tricked you, too. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened.
1: (laughs) It was a complete and total trick.
3: It was. I'm... um, a- an aspiring novelist outside of Veil vale of the Void. And so, um, I've known Trevor for years and I had before, since before, um, he started, well, no, not since before he started working on Veil vale of the Void, but since before the time it was called Veil vale of the Void, we'll call it, we'll say that. <laughs> um, yes. so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, um, asked for me to help him with the class stories and I was like, yeah, that sounds, super cool but also I don't play these kinds of games maybe I can sit in on a session that you are running with your test players and I'm not even sure how I ended up playing that Saturday but I did and I think I've been playing like weekly for four years now <laughs> or whatever it's been
1: yeah, um, basically you wanted to learn how to write the book and it was all downhill from there <laughs>
3: I'm not even sure how I started with Yggdrasil either I don't know everything's just been an accident <laughs> I'll tell you what happened though I think it was actually COVID like I started That's fair. I remember yeah being in my in my room and I was like I don't know what to do with my time right now I'll make a class after Valkyrie that sounds awesome maybe Trevor can use it for something
1: <laughs> oh I do recall this you're right <laughs>
3: Yeah, it definitely started with the Valkyrie.
0: <laughs> Noble, your story of working on Veil of the Void is a lot like how I started working on the podcast. I made a joke <laughs> to Trevor, and then suddenly, here I am.
3: <laughs> He's a great person to get creative projects started. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Apparently.
0: <laughs> Before we dig in too much, though, and get into what Yggdrasil is and why the three of us are so excited about it, Could one of you tell us a little bit about what Veil of the Void is at its root, specifically Reforged, because that is the current iteration that we are utilizing?
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, noble if you have any input as well, but uh, mainly Veil of the Void Reforged in particular is all about storytelling and giving you every mechanic needed to make sure your story tell you know stories work out great uh it is a uh for those of you who may need reminders it's a a sci-fi fantasy uh tabletop game uh you know it's got all sorts of things that i personally love as far as encouraging storytelling such as skills that advance whenever you use them uh proficiencies that you gain over time and uh, classes that are not limited to just, you know, their, their regular level classes. You can take abilities and skills from other classes and stuff. So uh, ultimately it's just a tabletop game that's all about the narrative and storytelling together. Uh, and, you know, I, I like to think Fail of the Void does that pretty well, uh, encourages everybody's story pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm. Sci fantasy as well. We should also yes. say that it's a sci fantasy. I think I
1: I think I did say sci fi fantasy, right? You may have, but I, I was remember. getting
0: excited about talking about Yggdrasil right now.
1: That's fair. I'm also <laughs> excited about Yggdrasil.
0: Noble, I would love for you to tell us what Yggdrasil is.
3: Um, Yggdrasil is an expansion on the Veil of the Wood universe, adding basically just building on what Trevor made, um, adding more the the thing that I think of when i think of norse mythology it's like just everything is huge big heroes and big like monsters <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah that is that is
2: what it is
1: <laughs> yeah it's a massive expansion so far
0: <laughs> yes if you
1: need if you need more content for bell the void uh you're gonna get it with the expansion
0: it's this huge Norse inspired expansion. I feel like we've seen a lot of really cool Norse inspired mythologies. I mean when Marvel brought out Thor, a lot more people started seeing that. But I love the concept that you two have done here with this sci-fi fantasy setting. And like we're talking like high fantasy and also high sci-fi. And usually those things clash pretty hard, but it works really well in Vale and just getting ready to play stuff in Yggdrasil and having playtests for some of this game already, you've done some really cool stuff with it. And there's a really, like, rad story. So could you tell us a little bit about the lore that's going on with Yggdrasil and kind of how it spins the the typical Norse mythology on its head?
2: I could give it a shot.
1: <laughs> um, hey, it's still pretty early on and all over the place, but
3: well, I feel like I have a pretty solid grasp on what these uh, overall arc is for Yggdrasil. I'm just not, I'm not going to be able to tie it together with anything outside of that. <laughs> That's, there. Um, That's fine. So I'm not actually sure where Vale Void is. Leaves its setup as, um, like, arc wise. But basically, the story is uh, in Yggdrasil that there is an ancient chaotic force that is eating away at the roots of the tree in the endless realm of Adareth of life um, and breaking open the gates into the realm of chaos
0: it's this setup where more or less a cataclysmic event is coming and you as the player are getting to explore aegisil and see that world. What drew you obviously noble the Valkyrie. That was one of the first things there, but what drew the two of you to a Norse inspired setting?
3: (laughs) Well,
1: that was all noble. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I feel like that's me. <laughs> I don't um, feel like
1: <laughs>
3: one of my. I'm earlier, here for it. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. One of my earlier novel attempts was of a, um, basically a sort of Norse mythology type thing, but very not cool fantasy (laughs) basically
2: (laughs) Um, it
3: was like set in something that was almost a real world but was definitely not real world Um, Mm. basically explaining how the gods came to be if they had been it's basically if they were a bunch of real people and they did kind of bizarre slash amazing things these are the people whose stories would have become godlike after doing these things so,
1: amazing story by the way.
3: I, it had all the, you know, the standard guys, Thor, Loki, and Heimdall with the main characters. Yeah. Um the, the several giant characters, uh, giantess main character. Yeah, so I did some I hesitate now to call it research. It's def- it definitely wasn't. It was kind of like a broad overview because I didn't <laughs> I didn't want it to I was just writing it for fun. I wasn't doing anything yeah. with it. I was sharing it with my friends, yeah. maybe maybe they would enjoy it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. um I I I knew some things about Norse mythology and I was like, maybe we can make something in Veil of the Void with this. It's super popular and I think I know some players personally who would like to play something like a berserker. So, um. True. Yeah, because why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, so. <laughs> that was, I guess, how I ended up doing this. And it's more. I like to call them more Easter eggs Norse mythology Easter eggs, and actually, like, inspired by it. Because if anybody actually knows things about Norse mythology, they'd be like what the heck (laughs) this is nothing like it yeah that's correct
1: (laughs) yeah 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 no and then you know we add the sci-fi elements to it all as well and i think easter eggs are a great way of describing it (laughs) yeah but but then of course you know what was really fun like once noble started suggesting it and then we started talking about ideas we were like wow our ideas, even though we have never talked previously about these ideas coming together as well as they have, so many things Noble thinks of was, like, perfect with the core rulebook. We're like, oh my gosh, the core rulebook sets this up so well. Like, uh, <laughs> the, you know, a bit of spoilers here, but the fact that the godlings literally destroyed the void because they woke up the dragon.
2: <laughs> oh. Among
3: other things.
1: Among yep, other the things that the godlings have done. <laughs> yeah,
0: ah, that sounds about right. From what I know in game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, the godlings. And then we were like, oh, wait, we have a mother tree that expands through multiple realms. It's Ictrasil. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was great. No- Noble and I spend a lot of time talking together and coming up with brilliant ideas And then realizing how much work it's going to be. But (laughs) But we should make combo abilities. (laughs) Oh, it was. What the heck were we
3: thinking on that, by the
1: way? What (laughs) were we thinking? That's like (laughs) 150-something. We'll get back to that in a moment. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole different thing.
0: Noble, you had actually mentioned the Berserker a moment there. And I want to talk about the new classes that are going on. Because, first of all, I love the Berserker. I love my boy, Mushy. I'm (laughs) glad that I got to live out my Mushy Berserker fantasy. And Trevor, I know that (laughs) you had said that the Berserker was probably the most highly requested thing to be added to the core book when you were looking at Reforged. I remember even talking to you like real early on being like, we're saving that for something else. But let's talk about the other, like, just we'll go through the classes that are coming out because... There's a lot of, there's, I think, five, five or six new ones that are coming out, and they, they're super cool, man.
1: They're super cool. They are really, really cool.
0: (laughs) So let's just run down the list, and we'll do, like, a little description on each one. So first we got the Berserker.
3: Berserker.
1: Oh, the Berserker.
3: (laughs) (laughs) A heavy weapon-wielding, uh, just beast of a melee fighter. (laughs)
1: The sometimes embodiment of chaos. <laughs>
0: and sometimes <laughs> yeah. a bear. And
1: sometimes, sometimes a bear, bear or a boar.
0: A boar
3: or a wyvern.
1: A wyvern, yes. Every class always has three specializations, of course. And the uh, I think the Berserker is the only one actually in the expansion right now that has all three are unique to the Berserker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're all about That's- transforming into one of the three animals. <laughs>
0: yeah i remember that very clearly all right the next one is the rhapsodist and this one is another one i've been in the wait for
1: oh yeah rhapsodist is so what i love i love this expansion because it like combines all of these ideas (laughs) that noble and i had so the rhapsodist was the one that i originally worked on and then i was just like well, my idea for The Rhapsodist was I wanted it to actually be like bards and scalds were in history where mm-hmm. they were less like, you know, big fighters or like all about, you know, the, the music side. I wanted them to tell stories because when you look at history, bards and scalds and all of them, they, they sung of great adventures and they told tales accompanied by music. So I designed The Rhapsodist to be all about telling tales you know each round you can keep channeling and telling your story which I totally encourage people to role play it and like actually tell a story because that sounds like fun uh, but then of course you <laughs> actually get access to melody spells so like as you're telling your story you can emphasize it with magic um, and I actually added a, a new thing for that where if you have two people playing melody spells at the same time that are allies you both increase your melody spell range and stuff like that because you're harmonizing together uh which is just a fun idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. Alright. My personal favorite and the one I've been most excited for, the Spirit Collar. Ah,
1: yes. <laughs> I love the Spirit Collar. Uh I also love the fact that when I had it designed originally, it wasn't for this expansion, and then we brought it in, and Noble was like, How about we like make this Norse? And I'm like, Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we have some uh, influences from uh, Heimdall in there, but uh, most importantly, it's like it's a it's a big summon class um, in a way. Not not really summons that you often kind of picture them to be, uh, where you're summoning like huge you know armies and stuff like that, or or a bunch of different adversaries. You, you're summoning basically ancient spirits of like you know. Uh, you can summon like the ravens of like and Mugen. You can soul summon like Skull and Hati, and and different things to assist you uh, in various different ways.
0: Now, Noble, I know that you had brought this one up originally, but the Valkyrie is making its debut. I know that people are very excited about the Valkyrie as well. The
3: Valkyrie is a it's it's a pretty complex class to play um you keep track of the kills that you get and based on the keywords of the thing that you have killed um that will give you um bonuses in later fights basically it's a pokemon catcher
1: <laughs> <laughs> basically a pokemon catcher except you don't just except constantly summon them, them. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. You kill them, you them kill and send them, them to Valhalla.
3: You... <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds. Yeah. I swear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you brutally murder them and then force them. <laughs> but it's fine because uh, you're friends yeah. afterward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you become best friends. You can go train with them, and you know it's all chill.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. It's, it's one fun. of the chunkier classes when it comes down to the rules because it's so unique compared to the others.
1: It is. It's the most difficult and. If I say that it's the most complex as the creator, it definitely is. But if you like the complexity, like Valkyrie is so cool, like the yeah. amount of stuff you get to do with it, especially because it still uses and builds upon the skill leveling system in in Reforged. And it does that with like calling your thralls. So like they get stronger and stronger the more you use them. And uh, it, it's a really fun class.
0: All right. Noble, I also feel like you should be the one to explain this one, but I'm biased on that the Watcher, which I think which... might be yeah. So there's a lot of cool things about the Watcher right down to its specializations and like there there's just like a lot that goes on with the Watcher, and it's also the one that has probably seen the most like public eyes on it. So tell us a little bit about the Watcher.
3: The Watcher is another one that was based on Heimdall because uh he's my favorite so um (laughs) the watcher was intended to be basically a god killer um based on you know the end of the story where spoilers uh heimdall and loki kill each other um so i thought that was awesome (laughs) and i wanted to base a class on that and also heimdall is just awesome so he the watcher class um Watches the realms and gets bonuses based on which one the Watcher is currently focused on. And um, later on in the levels, the Watcher gets the ability to watch strong plus adversaries that they have met previously. So basically any big bad that you would be intending to fight as the end game. Um, and get bonuses against them, and know where they are, and things like that. Oh, and the specialization—the um, three are based on watching the past, the present, and the future. Um, the future one drawing some inspiration from Odin. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> a really cool class. It's also really good at if you have allies that are a bit too careless. Because uh, the Watcher watcher watches. Yeah, been there. Watcher knows. Been there,
0: been saved by a Watcher a couple times.
1: Yes. (laughs) Good old Charlotte.
0: Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. So, obviously, along with that and the classes and new options for people, there's also the new species. And I think there are six for this. I say that because there was new stuff added, audience. I got a new document right before we were about to join in. So,
1: uh it, it just there. added one more, yeah, 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 one more, but it still threw
0: my numbers off. So let's let's go through our new friends that we can play as. It's it's
1: still five. And it's it's five species it's five. and five classes. Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Okay, let's go through the five new species and kind of how they they play into this. Starting off with once again another one of my favorites joining us, the Bug Boys themselves, the Adamrets. Love them a whole bunch.
1: I, I had so much fun writing them, and then they just fit so well into this setting. They did, <laughs> especially yeah, I especially because like surprised. <laughs>
0: not n- the
1: same. Uh, and then the fact is, like the one who consumes was actually written before this expansion, and then once I heard about what Noble made uh, Nidhog into, I was like, oh my gosh, same wavelength. <laughs> It, yeah. it just fits so perfectly so uh yeah the the Etibet are, like uh basically a, a raiding species that you know swarms the stars uh floating on uh, like actually living ships They're heavily known for, like, you know, actually their ships biting down onto uh, passing ships and injecting a neurotoxin that stuns and and basically drops an EMP into the ship before they go and raid. And uh, basically their whole thing is about uh, consumption, Uh, you know, consuming the roots of Yggdrasil or the life around them and stuff like that.
0: They're like one part Zerg from StarCraft, one part pirate
1: yeah 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 and then of course they've also got uh the new super sensory stuff so they're 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 weaker to magic but they're very strong mentally
0: okay i know you both love this species as well the etin that really <laughs> so cool much. i know that you guys like the etin a lot they're I, so I, cool, I they're cool.
3: <laughs> they are the um former residents of the void but they had to move when the godlings just wrecked their home. So they, they don't know go with the godlings. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, <laughs> so they ended up moving to the arcane realm, which didn't agree with them very much. So they used to be these just giant, regular people who live in space, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> the influence from the arcane realm just warped them beyond recognition so they're these giant ogre type creatures that can have multiple heads more than Mm -hmm. whatever the regular number of arms is regular number of legs um and with their ancestral paths following each of the four elements of the arcane
0: Mm.
1: and they each get a unique spell with that too which is super fun
0: Audience, if you're having a hard time picturing, think Oni of Japanese mythology, and then paste a color onto it, and that's more or less what the Etten kind of are like. They're they're rad. They're super cool. They're fun. <laughs> the bad boys of Yggdrasil, the Godlings, are up next.
1: Oh, the troublemakers! <laughs>
3: the Godlings. Um, it's deceptively gorgeous beings. Very tall. Basically, the Elon Plus um, in terms of fighting ability. Um, but unfortunately, their creators forgot to put an off switch on their desire to fight. <laughs> and it's, everyone's paid for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were created at a time of great strife. Uh, the Primes actually came together and created them uh, without... Like you know, approval <laughs> uh, out of fear, and uh, they're very warlike, and, and no man—they, <laughs> war is their blood.
3: If there's not a war going on for them to participate in, they'll start one.
0: Or destroy the void. These guys are basically the orcs from Warhammer, in a sense. Like they just roll up and mess up everybody's day. And they're a lot of
1: fun. I I love when Noble and I were first talking about them. uh, Because, you know, normally in a lot of like the the Norse stuff, like, uh, you know, like Thor and all of them are like viewed as like these big, you know, heroic features and stuff like that. But ours, is just they're just all a bunch of troublemakers. It's so good. And then the fact that like they literally went. I still love the fact that we, we came up with this, but they literally went into the void and woke up the dragon who was asleep there just so they could they try to bored. fight it because they got bored. It wasn't because there was any need <laughs> for it. They just got bored and they heard rumors about this big old dragon and they're like, cool. I want to punch it. Ah, uh, the godlings are great.
3: Do. Um, one of my favorite things about the goblins is that they don't particularly care about what, where anybody's from or what they're doing. If they want to fight, then they will fight alongside you. So their ancestral paths mm-hmm. are actually all available to all races at all times.
0: Oh yeah. That's really cool. That's it's really it's cool.
1: absolutely fantastic.
0: <laughs> okay. We're going to skip one. Cause I want to come back to it in a second, but the star is up next and these are a, a super strange class for most role players and I think this is one of the classes where you, one of the two species not classes that you really start to see the, um, the shift in how things work. And that would be these beautiful monstrosities.
1: Yeah. The good old, the good old star folk. Uh, I love them. <laughs> I mean, how, what's not to like about terrifying space sirens? Uh, you know, originally they weren't going to be in Yggdrasil, but then like the more and more I started looking into Yggdrasil or into like Norse stuff I was like, man, there's so many mermaids and sirens and stuff, which makes sense because, you know, Vikings were all about sailing and stuff like that. And uh, the Starfolk are basically, uh, you know, creatures that lived within the Veil, vale, which is uh, the massive like area in between all the realms and the void that kind of separate one another from interacting with each other. Uh, So they actually lived inside this until uh, the awakening of uh, the recent awakening of the dragon actually uh, kind of uh, forced all these eldritch monsters into their area and forced them into our realm. And uh, now they've been kind of living within these vast solar reefs uh, on the edges of space. Uh, You know, they're... they're (laughs) Their traits allow them to warp up to, uh, you know, a planet away. Uh, they can use a siren's call to direct ships into, you know, uh, uh, black holes, stuff like that. <laughs> they're also cool because, unlike other species, they can't, they don't require to breathe. But when they're on planets or in, you know, outside of the void or outside of the space, they actually have to have a de-atmospherizer. Uh So, like, the opposite of what normal creatures in this universe have to have. So that they can actually survive without <laughs> collapsing,
0: <laughs> they make for a very interesting species to go into, and you can tell some very unique stories with it. Speaking of which, it is one of the most interesting and most mysterious species that it I've ever seen. Weird. I mean, they're weird. They're one of the. <laughs> they're, they're weird. They're, they're, they're great. Cool. I love them. <laughs> the Ocheca. <laughs> kind of a a faceless race of beings, kind of a faceless species of beings that is all based on reflections and magic and expectations. So, let's let's hear Mm -hmm. about... uh, Yeah,
3: I think you you covered it. They are um, creatures that come from the reflection realm. Um, Well, I guess technically where reflection intersected with presence. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um <laughs> who are the mirror about. domain? Yes, yeah, sure. So they they have a, a appearance as a species on their own, but when they're looked at by outsiders, they look like whatever they're expected to be. So an Ocheka standing in a room full of humans doing human-like things would look like a human. Um once people realized that this creature was changing, depending on what you happened to expect at the time um once that was discovered, um things fell apart for them a little bit, everybody was horrified, thought they were demons and yeah. stuff um, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> as you do
3: as you do <laughs> um i mean i would be I would be terrified.
1: Oh, in, yeah. You know, is something switching <laughs> based on what I think about? No, no, thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I think the uh, potential to roleplay with these guys is really fun, it, as an Ocheca sneaking oh, up yeah. on someone in a dark room. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't even think about that. The Ocheka are interesting because they're kind of fill the Void's twist on the changeline as well
2: uh yeah, yeah to a certain in extent, a way to a it, certain
3: extent it's not controllable necessarily by the player i guess you could if you were like you know if you wore an elan ambassador uniform then yeah you look like an elan so um <laughs> it is <laughs> it is kind of interesting it's in a that. perception
1: changeling it's not you changing, yes. it's people's perception changing.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's that sci-fi element to it, though. Also, players of the Void, don't worry, your favorite species did not miss out. There are a whole slew of new ancestries for, I think, everybody from the Core Rulebook got at least yes. one new one. Everybody. And, like, everybody got at least one, some of them got multiple, and just, like, a couple of my favorite that I'm just going to... Battle off. There's the Essence of Soul Celestia, because you know I love those Celestias. <laughs> okay. Which is all about light and gifts and stuff like that. There's Hell's Memory Exiled, which is based on Hell, the Norse goddess. Trevor, I know your favorite is the Idrisil Reaper. I know that you really like that.
1: That was the one I, I'm gonna be playing. Uh <laughs> I just wanted to be I wanted to get play something that was gonna be like super thematic with a the naturalist so yeah. plus it's just really cool they're they're fun
0: there's like a whole bunch of new stuff and speaking of new stuff for old players we're gonna talk about it finally combo abilities oh, why the hell dear. did you two do this
3: because we were sitting uh, there eating pizza we were like wouldn't this be awesome though <laughs>
1: we were at a mod pizza we were like oh this pizza's great what about combo abilities uh <laughs>
3: it actually started it started with me and another one of our players. Um, I think I was playing a godling. No, he was playing a godling, and I was playing an eden. And so, one of the godling's abilities, one of, if you choose the house that he comes with, uh, he can like flash on like a like <laughs> like a flash grenade and uh, oh. <laughs> temporarily like sun nearby things. And so he was. He was in the godling house, but he was a very small... I think he was a Topican, maybe. And so we had the idea that my character, this giant, like, 13-foot-tall thing, could toss this tiny mushroom into battle. He could use his flash ability. And, yeah, so that was our combo ability. It wasn't based on class, but that was where the conversation
2: started. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then I remember we brought it up when we were at... Uh we brought it up when we were at the uh, uh mod pizza when I we were working on the uh spirit collar. We were working on the spirit collar and there was a section that said, Oh, have some sort of ability that works alongside the Valkyrie. And then right. we were like, Well what about that? But if for everything for some we reason,
3: had a small conversation about how the Valkyrie and the Mecromancer also mesh pretty
2: well.
1: Yeah. And then that led to combo abilities, and... Dear Lord, help me, I've written so many. <laughs> there's still there more. were so we many show. to write, and there's still more.
0: So what is a combo ability?
1: Uh, so they're pretty fantastic. I actually really, really like them, and I think once we get... Especially the Yggdrasil ones, they're going to be super cool all together. Um, but basically... A combo ability is a once per or a uh, uh, twice per long rest ability that you and another player can perform. Um, You gain them in one of various different ways. The quickest way is to have a shared character backstory with another person uh, so that you both can have this ability at level one and start the game with it, uh, which is just a really fun way to encourage players to have shared backstories, which also, you know, helps make it easier for a GM as well uh, yeah. with th- those awkward introductory scenes. Um, outside of that, you can also get it by training during your long rests with your allies. So it's another way of encouraging role-playing with your friends and encouraging you all to kind of go like, you know, out of, out of it, uh, uh, out of their way to just like interact with one another and, and encourage their stories. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun ones. So it it, it takes, uh, currently right now, we just have all the reforged ones. Um, but basically it's one class interacting with another. So for instance, the architect and a combat medic can use their ability and, you know, up to twice per rest, the architect can use some of their scraps to build an auto turret. Uh, and Combat medic can fire the auto turret to heal people and then the uh, architect can then fire it as a regular turret on that. So, like, they work together in tandem to heal people. Um, But, you know, each one of the classes has a uh, combo ability with uh, one of the others. So now we just have to get Idrisil put in there.
0: Noble, I have a really hard time killing my players. Can you tell me about your new conditions and the adversaries you've made?
3: Yeah, we've got lots, lots of monsters. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, um, and I don't actually know how many we have being added
0: anymore. It kind of stopped counting. I, at one point. We've lost count. <laughs> it's like there's, a lot, and they're big. And they're scary. They're... It's a lot. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, there's, there's a lot. giant horses, giant you know wolves like Fenrir, serpents like. Like Yormidgand, smaller versions of him, bears and birds, and literally, literally all the things. droggers from every realm. So if you want to have a a, a time draugr then there's <laughs> if you need if you need that insanity or or a life draugr Who doesn't which, need that? What the heck is that? Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a regular dude. <laughs>
3: Just the right... Yeah, we don't... If you, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, right. There's Bill. He's a life drogger. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. An undead with the power Hi, of life.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's so... so. <laughs> 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 it's just... There's so many wonderful things.
0: No, well, I'm going to be Basically, very upset if you don't throw a life drogger at us. In- oh, we have TikTok one in there. there. Oh, I'm just saying... Oh, for the of campaign. If you the podcasts, I'm gonna be very upset.
1: We're just walking through a terrifying, like spooky forest, and then all of a sudden, hi, I'm Bill. <laughs> oh, it's a life drugger.
3: No, I think, you know. We can't we can't be selling the life drugger short. I'm sure they're as horrifying as a change drugger.
2: I'm sure. <laughs> Justice for droggers. Um
1: don't leave that don't leave the life one out. No, it's good. lots of dragons,
3: lots of trolls and yeah, new conditions. Um the only one coming to mind for me right now is um arcane poisoning just because I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, I'm <laughs>
0: scared of it.
3: I love it. Um so basically it is it just makes casting I feel like it does it's not it's not that terrible. In addition to the typical effects, it does make casting more dangerous. Over, Over the limits already somewhat imposed by the charge state. So if you cast spells over six charge state, then you have to roll for Sickness. Yeah, I guess it is pretty bad. You have to roll for witch sickness to yeah, get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which no, includes things like terrifying. internal bleeding and blindness. Um,
1: and burning. And you can catch literally catch yourself on fire.
3: <laughs> Look, magic is dangerous, okay? And then over 12 it's even it's even better. So
1: Um, hey you roll twice you just catch you 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 catch on fire and then you are unlucky like me and you catch on fire again so at level one you kill yourself instantly (laughs) why
3: are you casting seven spells at level okay
1: (laughs) you know you you i've met a lot of gms in my time (laughs) some of them don't give you a long rest that's fair that's fair that's fair yeah
3: so it does you know it's okay so I guess we did also have to add the internal bleeding condition as well to accommodate. From. Yeah, yeah. There's also potentially there's potentially a blind few.
1: expertise. Yes, probably gonna have to si- add something like that in there as well. Uh, and then of course I, I added some conditions as well alongside your insane stuff, like uh, I, I I was going in with uh, I noticed we don't have a lot of conditions that like reduce virtues, so I went in with like. Let's have fun. And, uh, you know, weary, which reduces your primary virtue by two points temporarily. Nobody wants that one. Uh, discombobulated, which makes it so your mentality and judgment are reduced and, and you're stunned. Uh, you know, I added inebriation because that's fun. Uh, now, if you want to <laughs> reenact your players getting drunk. Ah, but, you know, alongside the inebriation, I also added the expertise drunken warrior. So that you can literally be, you know, drunk, but yeah, be drunk really good at fighting.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So Trevor, I actually have a question for you on this one, because I know that you okay. and I have talked about this kind of off mic. But what's it been like for you not being in like the the front pilot seat for a project and working along Noble to get Yggdrasil out?
1: Uh, I'm sure I'm a painter, clearly but. it's it's absolutely horrible now <laughs> it's been a blast but you know i mean like i designed veil the void to encourage other people's stories and i mean i i don't say this lightly but from uh what i've read of noble's work i have to say she's probably my favorite author uh so like getting to see all the insane stuff that she's written and in particular seeing it being written in my universe is one of the cruelest thing coolest things I've ever seen. Uh yeah, it's just it's awesome. It's awesome to watch it. And then I take inspiration from what Noble writes to add my own stuff to this so that it's a beautiful, like cohesive, just swirling chaos world. It's great. I, I love seeing what people do <laughs> with uh, their own stuff in my universe. So Igdraceel's like proof of concept. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I do say, I have to say, I, I did, I don't remember how much help I got from you in the beginning, but as I was first starting, I like, I don't think I told you that I was even starting it, just in case No. I, you know, I got to the next day and I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm abandoning that project. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I didn't know I, for a while, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of sent you Yggdrasil when it was almost complete. I was having a heck of a time with uh, the, the level 20 stuff. And of course, I had a lot of like you know numbers, but anyway, the point is that I felt like it was pretty easy for me to use the GM guide in the back of the book, <laughs> and just be like, Ooh. "Well, this sounds kind of fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it this way," and it turned out apparently relatively okay because not a ton of changes, like significant no, changes have come I, out. I
1: <laughs> I haven't had to make a lot, which that's good to hear. The GM <laughs> book is working. Uh, I'm glad <laughs> its intended purpose is actually you know properly functioning. <laughs> but yeah, no, you've done a great job for most of the part. I like I really haven't changed too much. The most I've done is like number well, adjustments. Yeah, lots
3: of number <laughs> adjustments because you're like, Noble, this is broken. Like I don't think it could be glued together at this point. It's just broken. Man,
0: Noble, those fen pops <laughs> the first time I know that we were like the first crew that went against them, but when I saw those raw stats, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way you could kill this thing.
1: And see, those were even weaker tenure. than what she made. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry. I was probably just coming from reading the blade dancer. You know, those guys do hundreds of damage. It's fine. Just have that's a true. Don't worry. They're getting. <laughs> don't worry. The blade dancer
1: is getting updated eventually. <laughs> I,
3: I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is updated for use in <laughs> So.
1: It is. It is. You need to fight the things. You're right.
3: If you can't fight the blade dancer, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> so here's a loaded question for me, and I, I am going to try and not chuckle when I say this. But what are you most excited about introducing to Yggdrasil and seeing people get their hands on each of you?
3: I think besides just the classes in general, just because you can do so much with taking specializations from different classes. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't played around with it, like, a ton, but you can make some really awesome combinations. Um, you with really me, can. <laughs> with it, yeah, just within Igrusil, but then if you had the core rulebook in, then, like, forget it. There's so many cool things that you can do.
1: No, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, as far as, like... What I'm really excited for, like, outside of everything we've already talked about, because, like, I mean, I it's very hard for me to choose because the classes are so much fun and the species are fun and everything else. But I think the thing that I'm most excited personally is the new crafting system. Mainly because people yes. have been asking me for a good crafting system. Um, and I've, I'm going kind of all out with this crafting system. I'm adding basically a component that every adversary in reforged and inter drops <laughs> so that yeah. you as a GM can give players thematic elements that also can still be used and sold for credits but then oh. I'm also making runic enchantments and uh, potions and stuff that use those items <laughs> so everything ah. is interconnected to this massive crafting system now so if you're someone that enjoys crafting like like, this chapter is already, like, five or six pages or something, and I anticipate it being, like, 15 uh, by the time I'm done, uh, which is good, because you, you don't see many games, like, full-on dive into our, you know, crafting systems. Um, yeah. And also, with that crafting system comes something that I've only recently shown Noble, but we've already kind of talked about it, and that's the Descendant Runes, where it's all about basically mini modules (laughs) where you like get a story of a weapon and you have to like complete that story. And then you can put that rune onto a weapon and it becomes like a legendary descendant rune of a weapon. So like, if you want a rune of Mjolnir, you can complete a story all based around its lore and then come back and you, you have the, the rune that you can then enchant your weapon with. (laughs) It's something I, I'm really enjoying the idea of, and I finally have it working uh, properly. So it's it's the crafting system is something I'm very excited about.
3: I am secondarily very excited um, about the lore, the yeah. yes, like, uh, realms yeah, and the story worlds and such. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a lot. Yeah. The funny thing is, like the the early copy that I I gave you, Zach, and and the early copy that I'm sending out eventually once it's once it's you know I'm done editing it and stuff, is like one third to one fourth of the actual content that's going to be in this book. Yeah, you know, somewhere in there we're we're not entirely sure how many pages, but uh, I mean this this expansion is going to be big, and it it's it is it is there. This is this is like you go to the steak shop and you get like the finest steak, and here it is. It's just so much for you to consume and enjoy.
3: I think it's gonna be like about the same page count as Reforged, about ish, maybe a little less,
2: right?
1: Uh well, Reforged was under three hundred. I'm thinking Yggdrasil, because, like, I'm thinking of multi-page art spreads, monsters, everything like that. I'm thinking probably more about 350 plus is what I'm estimating. Um But I don't know. <laughs> Reforged is 280, right?
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Reforged. Yeah. Is so no, I this this is going to be much bigger. I'm thinking probably a, a minimum. After seeing your work, Noble, I'm thinking a minimum. Of like 325 based on what I also want to add to this book. It's rad. It's, it's going to be thick with a lot of CDs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Veil the Void Yggdrasil is going to be launching on Kickstarter in just a couple of months. What are some of the rewards that folks can grab when they are backing it?
1: All right. Yeah. So we, we actually just got the uh, Kickstarter page basically up and running right now. Uh, uh, if you want to go, like, you know, hit that notify me button so that everybody can uh, uh, get, get some information on it. But uh, some idea. of the some of the rewards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the rewards. So tentatively, you know, we haven't fully figured out pricing, but I'm pretty confident uh, that these should be the prices uh, for 20 bucks. You're going to be able to get uh, both the Yggdrasil and reforged PDF. So that's basically $10 each plus whatever digital rewards we get. Um for $60, bucks, you are going to get the Ictrasil hardback, plus the two uh, previous PDFs, as well as the digital and physical rewards. And then for $100, you're going to get the Yggdrasil uh, and reforged hardback, uh, plus everything previously mentioned. Uh, and then, of course, we're going to have some fun add-ons. I've just finalized and double-checked all of my dice. Uh, that I'm working on for Veil of the Void. So we have some really cool EverChange-themed dice. uh, And then we're also going to have those available as an add-on. And then I also have a stretch goal for some Yggdrasil-themed 12 millimeter dice as well. Uh, And of course, if you join our Kickstarter early, you also get $5 off everything. So, lots of fun. Yeah.
0: Also, folks, I'm just going to throw it out there. The book qualities are incredible. Insanely good. I use my Veil of the Void book every week when we play, and it it just it feels like a nice book. Like it's a a very professional print, and it's got a good. Oh yeah. It. It's
1: oh like, yeah,
2: it's so good. I love the pages. I love it.
1: I went yeah. I went through fifteen printers until I was happy with <laughs> my ultimate book. I was like, "Yep, this is it." So Idrisil would be like that as well.
0: Oh, I, I'm glad because it's it's so nice to have. Like I said, it does not feel oh, yeah. like an indie publication when you get Oh, it. no.
1: Well, I am all, like, Double and I, we're all about quality. Like, from our writing to the book printing to how we treat people, quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what it's about.
0: <laughs> so we're coming up to the end of the show, and I have two different questions on on this one that I usually ask but this is a first for me I've never had a new person on the show and somebody returning that's not true it happened once before I said that exact same thing so noble what advice can you give to new creators that are trying to create something for the first time but they don't know where to start we're going to start with that question
3: well um
0: it's a big one
3: yeah um is it too much of a cop-out to just say, start with what you think sounds cool. Like you don't even have to, you don't have to know (laughs) anything about it. Just look at it and be like, wow, that is so cool. I want to make something like that. And then you can, if if you are already invested into making something that you're going to like, then you'll, you'll learn about it on the way. You'll
0: figure it out.
1: I think that was pretty much my exact advice as well. No, I think that makes sense. (laughs)
0: I think part of your advice to Trevor was don't wait ten years to start working on it. That was yeah. another p- <laughs>
1: That oh. was another part that, of it. That was one of my biggest advice. <laughs> Just start By on actual, it.
3: I think actually my advice is don't throw anything away. Like even oh, if you really? write Good something down yeah, if you write something down and you think it's Garbage. Do not throw it away. Put it put it in a file in the deepest recesses of your computer. You never have to look at it again. But you never know. You might go back to it one day and be like, wow, I can use that. Like there's there's an idea here. Um, so do not throw anything away.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is good advice. Second that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So Trevor, for you, you can answer this one too noble because I think it's kind of an important one when it comes to creators. But what advice can you give to someone to avoid creator burnout while working on their project?
1: Uh, so that's actually interesting. You'd ask that because yeah, I've actually had to learn that recently. (laughs) Uh, I actually not too long ago had a panic attack, uh, (laughs) cause I had too much going on. Uh, you know, I did 300 games last year, something like that. And, on top of that, I'm streaming seven days a week, and you know nine hours at work every day. And uh, you know, yeah. my biggest thing for not burning out is it's okay to stop working on your project for a month. <laughs> uh, it's okay to just take time to relax. Uh, you know, your your project's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, it's 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 fine to just mm-hmm. take care of yourself and your mental state more than uh, you know to To not really worry about stuff, just you know, keep yourself maintained. <laughs> it's very yeah. important to uh, keep self care so that you don't then burn out on your project. And then, of course, work on something you like. You know, yep. it, it, have passion for what you're making. Uh, you know, you're you're your own worst critic with stuff, but uh, you know, you can't be your worst critic if you're having fun. <laughs> Just just yeah. design it, and then, uh, you know, you'll enjoy it. And, th- I mean, that was my whole strategy for uh, Veil the Void Reforged, and for Yggdrasil. I just have fun writing it, so.
0: Anything to add there, Noble? That would be my advice. Um,
3: I'm not entirely sure that, I mean, I guess it depends on what level of burnout you're talking about, because... <laughs> There's a, there's a small amount that is, like, okay, but I guess the best thing to do is just keep, I think, keep it, even if you want to continue working on it and not take a break, because I know if, if I take a break, that's, like, if I took a month break, I would never get back to the thing, so I <laughs> cut my <laughs> participation in the thing that I'm making down to a very small, manageable chunk. Like, I literally write down on my to-do to- to list for the day, write one sentence for Veil of the void no, I can write one sentence every day. (laughs) Um, So I guess the idea is, even if I don't want to get, all of your dreams will come true. They just won't come true this weekend. You don't have to do it all right now. (laughs) Oh, there you go.
1: That's a fun way of saying it. (laughs) It's so, it's so wild how like not, not to interrupt on the question. So it's just, whenever I talk with Noble, it's always so wild how different we are in our creative styles and <laughs> like how we treat stuff like me. I will, I will dive hard into veil of the void for nine to 10 months straight where every single day I'm just constantly working on it. And then I take like three months off, <laughs> yeah. but uh, like I, I, I kind of just do like the one sentence a day, but it's, it's wild because it's, it's so good how each person has their own way of doing stuff, which is mm-hmm. what, what I, you know, what's great about humans is we all have our way. So like, I think the biggest advice is to just learn what works for you, yeah. which is why yeah, we both do different things. And then to find someone, if you can, if you get lucky enough to find someone that thinks differently than you so that you can have a different perspective on it. And you know, if you want to work with them too and make good stuff like that, that's great.
3: Yeah. yeah. That has been the most inspiring and motivating thing I think is having someone to work with who is also who who wants to see something really cool (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: yeah (laughs) having a writing partner is huge Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it is especially when they're as passionate about the thing as you are like that's the biggest thing
0: final question of the night super easy especially for you Noble but where can people find out more about the both of you and Veil the Void and Veil of the Void, in Yourself. <laughs> Noble, do you want to start? Because I think it'll be really quick.
3: Yeah. Um, pretty much you can't find me. I I think I have a Twitter, <laughs> but I don't know what it is. So you don't want to follow
2: it. <laughs>
3: I, you I actually can. do have it.
0: I, I follow you on Twitter. Oh, oh. And it is... Give me a second.
3: I'm also in the Veil of the Void Discord. Yeah i i i read it all the time. I don't post very much. I don't do social media, unfortunately. Thank you, by the way, Trevor, for your. I wish I didn't do hit. social media <laughs> for all of that.
0: <laughs> At Noble Grant Seven on Twitter, the last time you posted was the first read. episode of the last time you did anything on your Twitter was the very mm-hmm. first episode of Tale of the Void. I had and such
3: great designs.
0: Your followers are s d. g creatives, the other mods, and
1: the rest of the cast so <laughs> sounds right sounds yeah. right yeah sounds <laughs> correct <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, I manage most of the the main stuff so that you don't have to, <laughs> noble. It's it's a scary world out there in social media. <laughs> it's I spend way too much time on there. It, it really uh, can be, fan,
0: but it's awful.
1: Neither am I. I wish I didn't have to, but you know what? I I want this game to take off, and social media numbers, is one of babies. the ways to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of social media, so the best place that you can figure out about you know both of us and and. Our projects, uh, and in particular, to save uh, the date for the Kickstarter, is to go to our link tree. So that's linktree of the Void. Uh, that has all of our organized links uh, from everything that you could need from all of our main content to any new releases to merch to character tracking sheets. Uh, and then, most importantly, at the very top is the Veil of the Void Iggdrasil Kickstarter page, um, which I recommend everybody go over there uh, and save it because June 6th is going to be our launching date and you definitely don't want to miss out on it uh, because Yggdrasil is going to be amazing.
0: As always, everybody, those links are going to be down in the description below. Please go and support Noble and Trevor and Veil the Void and Yggdrasil, obviously, because that's what we're here talking about. I would be remiss to say that this is... One of my favorite games. We've been doing yeah. a podcast and stream for over a year now. And mm-hmm. season two is going to be starting shortly after this episode goes live, actually, a couple months after, as we wrap up season one. I've been working on the other podcast too, trying to get back into it because I needed to take a break because I had too much on my plate. So, oh,
1: understandable. 100%.
0: Yeah, it happens. It's a lot of editing. It does. <laughs> it
1: really is.
0: But yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Noble. Thank you so much, Trevor, for joining me on the show this week. It was awesome to have you here.
1: Well, thank you for having us. I mean, yeah. fun it, fun. it's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, audience, for listening so much. Noble, Trevor, and Bill the Void Yggdrasil are going to be launching very soon, June 6th. So notify yourself on launch. But until then, take care of yourselves. Hope to see you out there somewhere. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Noble and Trevor for joining me on the show this week. It's been a really long time since I've had a chance to speak with them at length about Veil of the Void's projects, and I'm just really excited to see it getting out there. Veil of the Void's one of my favorite games. I play it basically weekly, and I just adore these two so much. is going to be launching live on Kickstarter really soon. So you should hit that top link in the description to get notified on launch and follow SDG Creatives on their website. SDG Interactives, I always do that every single time. However, they do have a really cool quick start on their website. So I'm going to link that in there too, because I really think a lot of you will like Veil of the Void if you give it a chance. And as always, audience, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to be taking a short hiatus while I take a bit of a mental health break for myself, schedule some more interviews, and really sit down and punch out some work for Tale of the Void. That project's coming to an end really soon, at least the first season. And if you're interested in it, I'll post it somewhere online. Thank you for your support, as always. And if there's an indie creator that you want me to reach out that doesn't have some sort of bullshit crypto scheme going on, let me know and I'll reach out to them. That's all from me though. Take care of yourselves. I hope to see you somewhere out there. Bye.